happened, I was like, oh, that is jarring. <laughs> like, that is surprising. Recording in progress. Yeah. <laughs> and then it says, got it? Got it, right? So are well, we? It's, actually, it's really good to see you guys. I didn't get to see you. Like, I saw Amy for like a five seconds and Aaron for maybe 10 seconds. Yeah, I was trying to get us together for like a picture at some point, and then it, I just kind of gave up. Like Tony and I were were together. We were trying to figure out where you were at <laughs> for ten seconds. That extra five seconds would have been the, been the deal breaker there. My favorite was uh Mark, because of course we we sponsored we sponsored what tuba for the tuba solo and ensemble room, and Mark <laughs> Mark's adjustment to Aaron Campbell in the form of Amy Bliss. <laughs> at first it just said Aaron Campbell and then there's just kind of an awkward silence and I'm like uh, and then I leaned out like behind him and I was like in the form of Amy Bliss and then just kind of and then he did you paint your nails yes, green I did <laughs> ready for St. Patty's Day right <laughs> oops <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah, we're not going to be able to see with all those notes you were playing Lord, is fire coming from these things. <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of the champion bands were running three youths this year. Yeah, I noticed that. Really? Mm-hmm. There was a lot of there was a lot of five in that row. I want to know what uh I want to know where where did the triangle that that what what I always forget what names is what youth group, so excuse me. Uh the one that the the one that was the very last band to play at ABBA. That's the Watson Brass Band. That's the top youth band in the Triangle Brass Band pro- youth brass band program. It's named after get- Barry Watson. Did they? How did they get the the Wallace Bucket Euphonia Mutes? Uh, they they bought them from uh, I don't know where that place is in what Scotland or England or where. Well, I don't I don't think it exists anymore, right? I think they went. Under. I don't know. They bought, they they got them like three weeks ago. Oh really? Oh good. Yeah, you can get them. Hmm. Yeah, I saw that. Oh no, this might their poor wrists. They bought, they bought a whole set of. Uh, two, they got the euphonium and baritone mutes, and they got a whole set of cornet mutes. And of course, you know the the somebody stole one of their mute bags, the cornet mute bag, and it oh. it's gone. They stole it out of the salon while the guys were in there and never returned it. You know, despite every volunteer in Huntsville looking looking for it so somebody's got a brand new blue cup mute that doesn't belong to them it's the one stand out if we're if you're looking for it (laughs) it'll stand out right if you ever ever play it in a gig anywhere so you ever see somebody with a blue trumpet or cornet mute go snag it because it belongs to a kid in raleigh (laughs) that's awful yeah how long does it take you to get to huntsville from raleigh all morning i flew it's about a nine-hour drive, um, you know, because you're always going to get stuck in traffic somewhere. Mm-hmm. A little bit longer if you go through Atlanta, because you're definitely getting stuck in traffic there. <laughs> um, but I haven't—I've only driven it once. I drove it for for a NABA board meeting, you know, back in, during the pandemic, and the rest of the time I've, I've flown it just because I didn't have eight and a half, nine hours to drive it because I had to be working at at the thing. So how how long was your trip, Amy? Uh, we left at six a.m. and we got there, I think, at three. 
Um, but there's a time change in there. So six to two, essentially. Yeah. So eight hours. I, I intentionally don't tell my band about the time change. Why is that? Because then they get there an hour earlier. And they're showing up to stuff an hour early all weekend. Good. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out at some point. They're, they're there on time. Uh, <laughs> um, so never Tony, you uh you were the mo- you were I mean you were the most involved in all sorts of all the things. What do you want to talk about first? Mm. Oh <clears throat> can everybody tell we're all exhausted? I, I am definitely exhausted. Um, I, I didn't get a meal. My, I got a meal lunch on Thursday and I still haven't had a real meal since. You know, actually dinner, I had dinner tonight, but I mean, like the whole weekend is, it was just constantly, constantly just doing something. It's such a Um, great time, but it always is a fever dream in it. Like you just sit there like Monday, just. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there was there was definitely the duck on the pond that the feet are going like this, and and hopefully the duck was just cruising across the pond. But there are a few people that were that were doing some scurrying um, under the scene, and I was one of them. We we were having a dog of a time with the competition suite and the judges stuff. It was we we set it up with the same program as last year, and it was glitchy. I'm. I suspect that the power outage that blew out or, or spiked the spiked the uh, power surge in the internet in the Von Braun Center and knocked out the internet for four hours had something to do with the way competition suite was acting. It was reporting on the wrong channels or the wrong tracks. It was the scores were being reversed in the places they were supposed to be. I mean, it was it was a mess trying to figure that out. I spent all of, all of, all weekend trying to make sure that by 10 o'clock we had scores that we could rely on and you know and were the ones that the judges were actually using so yeah we'll eventually get all the recordings and all the place and everything but it was it was a nightmare and then having the live stream go down for what three three hours or whatever you know it's just it was very it's very disappointing the von braun center has um they they had a rough rough weekend in my my estimation. It was it was rough. I mean that uh did you all hear that lightning strike yep. during I think it was Dallas in the middle of it and it was right on a downbeat. <laughs> oh, <perfect. laughs> it was like boom! I thought it was a bass drum hit <laughs> at first. And I will tell you all backstage being with just like sitting backstage for championship section as much as i was percussion is very a very different game when you're on the other side of that wall mm-hmm. like i i told um i i told uh gavin pritchard after that bass drum hit i don't know if you all saw it but their last note of test he moved the base the bass drum moved the brakes were on that's how hard he hit it and i'm on the other side of the wall i thought I thought like the second coming of Jesus Christ was going through that wall. Like it was the loudest thing of all time. And so I, I talked to him afterwards. And I was like, I'm going to, I am, exp- you're going to hear from my lawyer. Uh, Cause I was assaulted. <laughs> that, speaking of bass drum hits, have you guys ever seen the video of the saga of turfing on YouTube? 
from some, I don't, I think it was a contest in Europe, but they have the very last court of it. They have the, the view on the timpani and the timpani player does something. He's like, although in the score, he's supposed to be playing one note, but he did some sort of strange roll thing in there. And then as they do the cutoff and then the bass drum hit on it. And then you just see, see this, the head of the bass drum, and it just flies over the band <laughs> into the audience. And everyone's just like, it's hilarious thing ever. But I thought overall, like, it, it definitely felt, felt like the wheels were churning a little bit more for the conference. Like, it, it felt less like, 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 it felt like less of the pandemic hangover. Like we were kind of coming out of it, bigger exhibition room, or like it seemed like there was more stuff going on with that. It was loud um, in there, that's for sure. There was a lot of noisemakers. Then, we, which I mean, at a brass band competition, I guess you got to deal with it somehow. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I feel like you know, from the organization side of it, I feel like we Naba and Huntsville did a much better job than last year. We learned a lot of lessons last year and we corrected a lot of those problems. Um, I honestly believe that the, the majority of the issues that we had this year were not related to what we were in control of. They were things that were in the facility at the Von Braun Center. You know, not having doors on the salons, that was news to us. You know, um, you know, the, the construction there, you know, we we were told last year that there was going to be renovations, but oh, it's going to be done in plenty of time for your event, and that did not happen. Um, the rehearsal. So the rooms. Were, you were right, though. The rooms did look better. The rooms looked better, but they would they would have been nicer if they had doors on them. It was nice to play my solo in what felt like just because of the way it has nothing to do with the front browser. It's just the way it's set up. Because the you have this really nice glass pane in that salon one. I think it was. Yeah, that really nice glass pane. So it has like, but it has behind it is like lo the loading docks and everything. So it just felt like a recital being done in an airport terminal. <laughs> I totally see that. I can totally see that. I have to, I have to say, I saw Aaron backstage. I thought this was hilarious. I saw Aaron, and after you won um, the the euphonium technical, and I said, "Oh, what did you play?" <clears throat> and then he said, you were like, uh, Zebakikos from, from Phil Wilby's uh, Euphonium Concerto movement, what was it, two or whatever. And I looked at him and I said, did you really think that you had to go past Zebakikos? <laughs> Listen, you want to talk about Fever Dream. I, I'm not going to lie. I worked my tail off to win that thing. And so I would, you saw me on like, you hear cloud nine. I was on cloud like 45. Like I was, <laughs> I was so excited. Uh, about that it was just like every euphonium player knows that with kiko so you're just going on and i'm just like yeah i had you at well i live in a world where not a lot of people are euphonium <laughs> players <laughs> That's funny. You yeah. forget somebody it. asked me when i when i finally when i got the when i got the when i did my defense they were like um what's that thing that the that all doctors have to do like actual doctors What's like, that? Like they they give their like they swear like that oath. What's that called? Oh, the Hippocratic oath. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're like, is your so which is your Hippocratic oath? And they were like made some music note. They were like a non-musician, right? And I was like, no, my Hippocratic oath is I have to explain what a euphonium is at any, any given time. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> if you can do this, you can keep your doctorate. <laughs> tell, tell me what it was like to have Demandre be the judge. Um, I will tell you, and this is this is why it, it was helpful. Um, that salon one is really long. So he was so far away that I didn't even know he was there. Oh, good. So I knew he was there, but I didn't, you know, see, know he was there, right? So that actually brought the calm. That actually made that more helpful because I was then like, oh, God, I'm playing a really fast music for Tabadri Thurman. Um, but it was chill. It was great. Um, I, I mean, I got I got a 97. So he had like a couple comments to say to me. He didn't say much. But the student, like I had a couple students play for him and they get, he got really good comments for them and, and some stuff and everything was helpful. Nothing like, nothing was like out of pocket or anything like that that I saw. And so, I mean, Samandre, he, he's a teacher and a player. He knows what to say and how to say it and, and to get the point across. Yeah. Uh, so it was intimidating, but thank God he was essentially a speck on the back wall in terms of how far away he was from me. Thank yeah. goodness. Because yeah. I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if some soloist came up or, or came out and said, and that freaked me out. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was so nerve-wracking to play for, <clears throat> to play for Demandre. Yeah, I remember one year. Such a nice guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's he's superb. You know, he, I can't think of a better, you know, euphonium judge to have for that section. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember um, somebody playing Flowerdale, knee flat sop solo by Philip Spark uh, for the solo and ensemble thing one year, and gets in there, and Philip Spark is the judge. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> oh, did I tell you about the uh did I tell you about the JMU kid who was waiting? I think it was JMU. I don't know. It was like some 20-year-old something or other was waiting outside but after Doug Lindsay. Oh yeah. And Doug, Doug who won Cornet Technical and like won Cornet Technical. Like he yeah. played the snot out of that thing. And I I got I was hearing through the wall because I was like running papers or something. I'm hearing through the wall. And then Doug leaves, and the kid who's right after him goes, I'm 20 years old. <laughs> I won't ever forget that. That is a core memory. <laughs> right there. 21 years old. This isn't fair. <laughs> right? <laughs> he just got full tenure. <laughs> and, I, and I am like year one in college. <laughs> Uh, but I, I thought, um, I mean, I don't know how the score, you know, I haven't done the research or anything like that, but I, and on the scores and everything, but I, I mean, I got to listen to all of championship section and interview everybody. And, um, it seemed like a really tight group. Like everybody played stupid. Well, I, I thought that was, um, pretty much the case across all 37 bands, you know, it was like everybody showed up to, to do their best. I, I, you know, it's kind of why, you, like, wherever you placed, you probably deserved it, and um, you got beat by somebody good. <laughs> it was, you know, it was. I mean, it was, it was that good. I mean, you know, the 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 thing you have to understand about the the adjudication is that they don't know who's on stage. They have absolutely no idea. I was with with them the entire time. They literally had no idea who was playing, nor did they try to find out who was playing, nor did they care who was playing. They studied the scores for two months and were prepared and knew what they were up against, okay? And they did the absolute best they can. They gave the best evaluations they can, but the numbers 
when this is what we work really hard on with them is, is teaching them and working on how to manage the numbers so that it tells the story. And doesn't mean they're going to agree with each other. They The judges don't talk to each other about their numbers. They, they're not allowed to. So, um, you know, so, I mean, you can look at the recaps and the ordinals are all over the place. If you look at the points assigned, sometimes the, the ordinal can, can be, you know, less than two points and be three or four placements apart because they're doing point fives, you know, so that, you know, so the ordinal can kind of, you know, give you some, well, I was in fifth place. Yeah. But you were a point and a half behind second place. Not as not, that's not very far, you know, that's pretty close. So, mm -hmm. um, so the adjudication stuff is, is getting better, you know, it's getting more reliable. It's, it's a multi-year process to get this, you know, to get this in play and to, to develop it into where the number means something that, you know, everybody understands what the, what a 93 means and what you have to achieve to get that, um, to get all the judges and get new judges and better judges and, and, you know, get them to all understand and buy into the philosophy and the ethics and the, and all that stuff. Well, we're, we made a significant process this year in the reliability of the judging. So, you know, we'll, I haven't done a full debrief of all of it yet. And that includes looking at the live stream and seeing if I even agree with, with what the judges did. But you know, you know they they had the benefit didn't have the benefit of knowing who was on stage. So they really just went on what they what they heard. It's a fascinating process that I don't think a lot of people really understand how difficult it really is, especially in the championship section. Uh -huh. But it's it's a massively challenging project to do that. Speaking of the championship section, I think uh, Five Lakes uh, was fantastic to watch. <laughs> oh yeah, both both their performance and watch them like go through jumping up from from first section to championship, just fantastic. Yeah, well, they they were definitely the band of the night on Friday. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it was unanimous, unanimous on their scoring too. First, 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 all the way yeah. around. They were the clear winners, and they and they won by enough with the sixty percent weighting. It almost didn't matter what they did on 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 Saturday. You know, and they nailed but, it on Saturday. They were great. They yeah. they were great. But I'll tell you what, the what from I didn't get to see this, and I and I really wish I I wasn't working so I could have seen this. But Atlantic Brass Band, you know, just really shredded. The choice they piece. Were piece. They I, were great. They told me they told me to be there. Well, I was going to be there regardless, you know. But <laughs> they told me they told me like be there because this is really cool. This is going to be like a cool moment. Yeah. And uh, so I I made sure to sit up in the balcony because they said you know the setup is going to change how we sound. So I sat up there and it was fantastic. And he even, you know, and he messed with the he messed with the bell front brass and directionals and all sorts of stuff. I mean, Sal Sal did a really good job with them. Did he also goes down as like one of the easier ones. Huh? Uh, did he do it differently? I didn't get to see it yet. Did he do it differently than the bands over in Europe did it for the uh, what was it the uh, champion? Um, what did they use that for? Um, just recently, was it the it was Europe European? championships european that was a test piece for the europeans mm -hmm. last year but i've only heard that i haven't seen it so i don't know yeah, I haven't yeah there's a whole bunch of, bunch of stuff in there and yeah, he goes down though as a one of the easier ones to interview sal was oh yeah he had such like 
he, you could tell that he's like a professor because he had such good answers that were like good and like it was like I felt like I was giving out like like cops questions for him the way he was answering them so like and him and him and like Kevin both were like really thoughtful I was like I talked about the antiphonal brass thing and they were both like like something along the lines of well they can play louder without having to talk or having to speak, uh, play louder and blah, blah 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 right and like they were giving these very nice informed things and I asked Gareth the same thing because they did they messed around with the, the directional and I go, Gareth, why'd you, why, what was the thinking behind that? And he goes, well, it makes the point, doesn't it? <laughs> it makes the point. That's so British. That's so British. And I was like, what? but also just a very brass player way to put that <laughs> as well. <laughs> just like, have... play loud. I have not seen, I've not seen that interview, but, but uh, I guarantee you that, that over enough years with, with, uh, if you interview him, he's going to mention either some reference to opera or a really old movie that's really obscure and probably in another language that no one knows. Because <laughs> we like go out to the bar and Sal's like, it's like this movie that came out in like 52 or something. And we're all like, okay, we're lost. What? <laughs> if it wasn't yeah, Wizard of Oz, we haven't seen it. <laughs> that that's actually sounds a lot like our meetings that we had in Indianapolis, that's like that sounds about right. Actually, I used to, um, I, I used to write like the references. I'd flip over my music and write like the references <laughs> to like you know Italian opera and like and all of these obscure movies and also um, ballet. Like he would be <laughs> like, you need to when when we play ballet like transcriptions, we had to. He he would insist that like some of the some of like the dotted rhythms or something it was going to be slightly out of time because the dancers were were jumping there are no dancers sal <laughs> but, but the dancers speaking are jumping of, in this point speaking of ballet that, he has to he has to put them in there so that's Sal. speaking of ballet that ballet room i have to apologize for my bases I we had a thing where we had to cut we we've been talking for weeks of cutting off dry on four right and we've been talking about it for weeks and they it, I kept hearing them holding over him when we were in that warm up room and I like raised my hand I snapped on him I was like you cut off on four yeah I was like I like let him have it. I was like the all of us are doing it you guys need to do it too no it was just the reverb in that big room well the, they were cutting off on four they it was just they were just playing really well and it was carrying over. And I, I felt about that big when I realized it. <laughs> you know those those huge hits in, in Year of the Dragon? Yeah, they all came back and smacked us in the face like half a second later. It's like, da da don't bow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Walking around the, the Von Braun Center on a combination of Friday evening and Saturday morning and just hearing hearing you're the dragon from every corner <laughs> you wouldn't have heard you're the dragon on saturday in the in the well and people in the band in the warm-up rooms are right oh no i went you're right but you're right, we you're, were right done, you're right we were done with it we we didn't but i anything. heard it so much on friday that i was hearing it on saturday <laughs> yeah i mean that was one of the coolest things like when we picked this last year to be the the test piece I was so excited. I was like, man, this is gonna be the coolest thing ever. A year of the dragon smack fest. You know, something that hasn't been done in 30 years, you know, in, in, in the brass band world. 
I, I thought it was going to be really cool. I would have loved to have just sat there and listened to nine of those in a row, <laughs> you know. So with test pe- with the test pieces, let's talk about the next year's test pieces. That might yeah, be let cool. me pull them up. Give me two seconds. Man, well, I'll let you I know think, by heart at this point. I think the, there's a couple of cool things about it. You know, mm-hmm. one is the, the image in Holst, Unwanted Traveler, as the third section test piece. It's not a test piece per se, but it's a really nice piece. It sounds a lot like Moorside Suite, obviously the scoring yeah. and the... Yeah. Um, it's two years, two years after or two years before Moorside? Um, I believe it was after, I think. Um, but the, the, the historical significance of this piece is that it was the first major work written for brass band by a female composer and the first one c- conducted at a major event by a female composer. Oh. So it's, it's historically significant. Um, as well as just being a delightful piece. I think it'll be fun for the for those bands to to sink their teeth into. That was that was a fun that was a fun moment hearing that because I remember I think it was Chris Ward who who messaged me on like Facebook or something. I happened to be I was out in California for a performance and I had like a day of nothing, nothing to do other than score study and do some practice for the show the next day or whatever. And so he was like, do you know of, of some brass band pieces that were written by women? And I was like, oh, I have nothing but time. Let's just do, 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 do. I found all these things and I found lots of different pieces. Um, but uh, I ended up, I ended up telling him, I was like, I was like, but this, the Imogen Hulse, like this one's just a gem. Yeah. I had, I had come across that from a different from a different different source, and I can't remember what it was now, but I sent it to Chris, and I was like, "Look, we have to we have to seriously consider this one." And and we we so we found- both told Chris that we that we wanted the image and Hulse one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and the the there's a a Canadian composer that we looked into about three or four or five of her works. She's yeah. written for Hannaford. Um, and I think Corey Band just played one of one of her pieces. Unfortunately, none of her pieces really fit into the contesting mold, um, you know. But they were cool pieces. We just we just really couldn't fit them into the into a contest place. Um, but yeah, we, the, we looked we looked up looked we found as as close to as many of the female works for brass band that we could possibly look at, and it and uh, you know and then of course. You know the, the other cool thing is that you know through through you actually um getting in touch with lucy painkers we were able to work out you know commissioning a, a piece for 2025 from lucy that's i'm i'm so stoked i can't tell you i'm so excited uh she was saying that she's she's turned down uh co- potential commissions uh for uh for test pieces before and she said this time it just felt different. She wanted to do this one, so she kind of went for it. Um, but uh, it was kind of one of those things that, like, I started. I, I I've premiered all of the all of the um, Lucy Pankhurst uh, luminaries. You know, yeah. wind ensemble with piano and brass band now. And I was gonna go and commission like another piece from her for Euphonium, and then that's when it hit like what if what if and i was thinking initially like what if we what if i do some fundraising i'll do something i'll write grants we'll figure out how to like fund this separately 
Um, and then uh, I was just like, why don't I just go to NABA and see if, we, <laughs> if this can work? This is and, this uh, is exactly the type of stuff that we that we want to be involved in. Yeah. You know, so it's it's really uh, that's a, that was a really exciting part of it for us as well. I think the other ex exciting thing was the um, the St. James. Yeah. Uh, Philip Harper piece that's being used for the Nationals finals this year in the first section in the UK. So, we, you know, we were able to get hold of that. And, and it's a really cool piece. I don't know how many people have heard it yet. Um, they, I think Corey put a little bit of snippet. They some, put like a teaser terms. out. It was like, come yeah. on. That's most, that's most of this, li this list for me right now is like, I looked at it, I was like, I don't know most of these, which is good. Like, that's like, Good. But I, I, that's the funny thing too, is because we're calling off these names and the whole crowd's silent and like, they don't, they don't know. What, they <laughs> you're don't not going to get a reaction like first section last year. You know, you're not going to yeah, get a reaction. Yeah, the dragon, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you're not. You're just, you know, you know, they're like uh, other lies. And it's like, well, it was written a year and a half ago, so of course they're not going to know it. You know, unless they're really super nerdy and watching, you know, brass band videos on YouTube all the time, like I do. I was about to say, who's um, calling you a nerd here? I'm, I mean, I'm excited for second section. I'm excited about Albinus variations. Oh, that piece to get to is learn it. super cool. That piece mm -hmm. is super awesome. People are going to love that piece. And it's nice. That, I mean, I mean that piece, especially, like, I like when, because, <laughs> unfortunately, it be, you know, it being what it is, is anything we're going to order off of, you know, BrassBand.uk or Just Music or anything like that. We'll yeah. order it now. We'll see it in January. Um, <laughs> so it's nice that the score is available on the on the publisher's website and stuff. Like in terms of like they have the video with the score going at the same time, so you can actually see what you're in for at least and all that sort of thing. And so the research is really easy. Um, I get to warn my solo tenor horn player that like, hey, you're important next year. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, the whole damn thing starts with you, my guy. <laughs> Yeah, and and we were also to to, to work in a, a classic Steve Bula images for brass yeah. band composer in there. I was actually, so we, I was so excited for that one too because I had already uh I had already looked into that for my youth brass band to play. Well, now you have to bring them to NABA next year. I think it's going to be twenty twenty five. Well, they, then they're going to not be able to do images for brass. Well, <laughs> we're going to do, do like a like a shadow. You know, we'll do like our own, and then we can kind of see, like, you know. But how many we, more? We, hmm? Sorry, go on. We we only had like fifteen uh, kids in the first year, so like we need a full brass band first. <laughs> Priorities. How? All right. So this was year two at Von Braun. How many more is it for sure at Von Braun? Next year for sure. Um, we have 2024 for sure with an option for 2025. Okay. It's possible. With, but technically, we haven't gotten to the, pro the part of the process to deal with anything past 2024. Yeah, that's that's next project this summer is to start. Well, 2023 that. just happened. I'm just, I'm just taking well, that left. You know, I, I would say that we're probably a little bit late in getting on top of this. <laughs> Because you have to book these things many years in advance, and that's <clears throat> one of the one of the tough things about you know you know when you book something three years ago and you're not getting what you what you thought you were going to be getting. You know when we when we booked this, we nowhere in there was there's going to be re renovations that were going to 
practically ruin your event. <laughs> you know, so, you know, so it, uh, you know, it, you know, it's it, it, it's a tough thing. It's it's even the von Braun Center, a fully professional hall like that, doesn't do events like ours. It's an incredibly unique event. Yeah, that a lot of people just really aren't prepared for. You need it. You need this setup. What you need? What you need? What you need? This you need three three tables and and drapes and. You know, you need this schedule. Like they're like, well, the the union guys, man, we got to take a break every four hours. And I'm like, the stage is in use the entire day. You got to figure out how to get a break. Well, we're still playing, I guess. But you know, there's a lot of <clears throat> behind the scenes things where they just, well, this isn't normal. <laughs> you know, because finally, like, what I ended up having to say to some people was like, um, it, it's it's crazy. Like there's so many things going on, and I had to explain. They were like, my band kept making the joke of like, "You're on the board, Aaron. Don't you know that this is happening?" No, because that's not my committee. And that's not like what I'm working on. So like, not everybody knows what's happening. But then the other thing is like, everything you mention, every like, and when it, one of the, anytime you mention something that's like, oh, this should happen, or they should do this, or this, it's been thought of, and there's reasons. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. Because there have been people, there's been a team of how many people are on the board? 20. Yeah, so 20 people. There's a team of 20 people who have done nothing but thought about this event in some way, shape, or form for the past year. If you think and you're thinking about it, they probably have already have. And if it's not happening, there's a reason. <laughs> or, and like logistics are a bear. And like now that I've run a 501c3 for long enough, I, I have so much like sympathy for like every like little paperworky thing that could possibly make something go on, not go the way you wouldn't want it to or whatever, because it's just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's so true. Like we're going to, you know, we're going to start to get these evaluations, these feedback surveys from the contest, and there's going to be a lot of suggestions in there. And some of them are going to be great suggestions. And I, I will be shocked if there's anything in there that we haven't already thought of needs doors on solo and on sound. <laughs> yeah. We didn't think we needed to think of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, is this an Alabama thing? Like, what is going on? But all the thing. Need doors also helps if they fit. Yes. <laughs> it's like they threw away the one door that was that's three and a half feet wide and they don't have anything else that everything else is three feet. And they, you know, it's like, why are you throwing away doors before you get the new door? It doesn't. I would. I would never. So I had to. I had to, My house. I proctored the trombone room, and so I had to sit there and hold the door closed because the door wouldn't close. So I had to hold the door closed <laughs> the whole time. So in for, so like you know, if my chair is a soloist, you just see my dumbass over here like <laughs> the whole time. I'm just holding the door, and. <laughs> And uh, remind me again, I'm just so tired. What was the, the trombone judge's name? Brad Palmer. He was phenomenal. He was a great person to work with. He got put into the worst situation. I do not envy him because that those trombones came to play. That this, And I was there for slow uh, melody. And the God, they were good. Like, everybody played real well. Like, no one was bad, which is great. And I've hosted enough solo and ensemble events to know that there's normally the, the winners and then the rest. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, but somebody, so we, like, you know, you're getting autumn leaves in Nessendorma. 
and abide with me. And then somebody comes in with the fantasy for trombone, the Elizabeth Rom, huh. which is like a full recital piece. Yeah. Fast low is like, it's sonata form or whatever. It's got like all the stuff. And, you know, he's not a brass band person and he doesn't normally do it. So like they leave and like the, the, and we're switching to technical and he goes, hey, was that slow melody? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, there was a slow melody. <laughs> there was, in fact, a slow melody. And the problem was, is like, she also, the person who played it, rushed it. Like, they, she played stupid well. <laughs> oh, man. It's yeah. so, and it's just, it, but it was a great time. Well, I mean, that's, that's one of the funny things about, about the solo and ensemble thing is like, I, I actually have many times have thought we should just have a trombone category and a cornet category you know not separate between the two because there isn't really a good way to police you know it's should that be in the in the uh you know in the slow melody category or should it be in the technical i mean you kind of also cu it cuts out what you can do as well like yeah. Yeah. in a lot of ways because like for instance like you can't play pantomime mm -hmm. because half of it's slow melody and half of it's right. technical you know? right um so it kind of it changes the way like or and if you do a theme in variations right you know if you do like grandfather's clock there's a slow melody in there yeah. like technically right you know so, so that um, i kind of think that we should uh you know we should investigate that you know i will say though i did like because th this was the first year with the change of there were no solos happening at any point in the competition for the bands right like there was a we, hard stop and then competition started Yes. And I like that a lot. Yes. More people attended solos and more people attended quote lower section bands because that was they weren't getting split yeah. both ways. Well, and also some of those people that performing in the bands could participate in the solo competition without thinking. It wasn't well, the I logistical nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do both because my band, my solos, it could, you know, the solo competition would go to three, sometimes four o'clock. Mm -hmm. You know, in the afternoon. And and we you know, this was a lot of money to do this, but we hired a judge for for five solo rooms, a percussion room and, a, and an ensemble room, specifically so we could get as many solos as we can before one o'clock, where that hard deadline is, where it's like, we can't do any more. So how much more, um, because we had, a, we had a lot of bands this year, um, but how much more jam-packed do you think NABA can, can get before something has to happen? Schedule-wise. Um, <clears throat> we could probably, you mean, and, and have it affect the solo and ensemble competition? Right. Like, like well, I, Five, three, I, three, I three, mean, three, we ended, the competition ended at what, 11? What competition? The solo and like ensemble? The, we, were, we were done done on Saturday at like 11. 11 no, 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 no. The awards were at. 10 o'clock, a little after about maybe 10, 10, 10, 15, something like that is when we started it. So we were out of there by 10.45. Most people were. Um, and it, and it, was, it was a little bit longer than last year. Last year, I was out of the building by 10.30. Um, but you add, like, and I think where Amy's going with this is like, you add five bands to that, and now we're getting out of midnight. Yeah, we went, we went from 30 bands last year to 37 bands this year. If we add five more bands, we have to start at new uh at 11 o'clock on friday which means the solo and ensemble 
you know, thing has to be reimagined a little bit. How many how many bands was the largest now? Because this was the second largest? This was the second largest, 37 bands. 38 was in 2019. That was the largest. Wow. Probably roughly about the same amount of soloists as that year as well. So, you know, so there's 150, I think 152 solos and, you know, maybe 20. 20 you don't realize it when you're seeing like nine people here, you know, five right. people there. You don't realize a hundred, a hundred and how, ask, ask Doug, ask Doug Lindsay, who, who did a, has the job of organizing the solo and ensemble. And, he, and I'm so grateful for him because with him doing it meant that I didn't have to do it. Because <laughs> um, I was just like, here, I did it last year. And I was like, here, Doug, this is the solo and ensemble contest. It's yours now. You know, and how he did all of that and still played in the Georgia Brass Band and still played the solo in the competition, everything. It's like, good Lord, that's crazy. Um, but that was a huge mess. And he tried to do all the, you know, schedule the piano rehearsals and he found a couple of accompanists and when we didn't have enough accompanists to set to staff everybody that wanted one it's just um, an unbelievably difficult task and he he hit it out of the park he really crushed it so you know but it's it's a it's a logistical and planning nightmare for the organization to do like this whole contest should you know 1200 participants you know, with all of that, I mean, if, if this was a, a real, like, conference, you know, you wouldn't have a volunteer staff putting this together. You'd have a paid staff of 10 people putting this together. You know, we're, we're we, either we're the stupidest people or the craziest people <laughs> on the planet for doing this as volunteers. Um, you know, so, you know, obviously, we're not going to catch, catch everything. You know, the, like, my biggest mistake because I was dealing mostly with the piano, putting the uh, program together, and then we never put a band schedule in the program. <laughs> you know, I, I sent it to seven people to prove, I said, I've read this thing like 14 times, can you guys look at this and tell me what's there? And everyone's like, that looks good, looks good, looks good. And I was like, did you read this? <laughs> you know, we get you there, get, you get hey, do you have like a band schedule later. in here? And I was like, sure, we got a band schedule in here. It's right on page. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's no big deal. We've got an app. The app will tell you everything you know. You go to the app and it's still listed as, uh, we had some glitches with the app and it had the, the bands listed by their uh, draw letter and not the band name for a while. And I was like, well, they can go to the app and they'll know exactly who's playing. No, they won't. <laughs> you know, and, but I remember thinking to think like, like is if, if this is the worst thing that I mess up this weekend, then I'll be okay. Because all you have to do is just go sit in the hall and listen. It doesn't matter who shows up. Just listen to everybody. <laughs> you, know? I mean, you might as well anyway. Cause... Yeah. But, but I do think that that was probably the biggest screw up I had. I and mean, if you think about all the layers of things that I was dealing with, um, that's pretty damn impressive. Oh, no, in but general. For me, because I'm pretty good at messing things up when I, when I want to. No, in, in, in general, I think everybody... Like, it's it's a it's a nightmare to put together. Like it's it's like it's no like anybody who watches it all look at it and but like you but also like the people who are like putting out all the fires like Mark and and Doug and stuff like that like great like yeah well I mean Mark did a like an unbelievable job and and I will also say 
while it is like a nightmare to do and a ton of time and effort, it's also probably one of the most satisfying things to do when you when you get to the end of it and you're like, wow, all these people, you know, had the time of their lives, majorly inspired, played great music, all of this stuff. And, you know, you had a big part to do with it. You know, and it's just like, it's like, wow, this was, this was pretty cool. This is a major event. I mean, I mean it, it's, it's cheesy, but it, it, it's changing lives. Yeah, genuinely. it means a lot to a lot of people. You know, so it, it feels really good to, you know, like I truly, you know, truly, I sacrifice a lot to make it happen um, personally with time and energy and all that. But, you know, it's really worth it to know that, you know, all, you know, 1200 people had a really, you know, a really good weekend of, of making music and listening to music and everything. And so it's, you know, I'm glad this was my last one that I'm really going to be the one in charge of planning, <laughs> but I, you know, and I, and I only did two of them because my first two years as president, I was COVID and, you know, we canceled those, those two. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if you'd, uh, I don't know if you'd want to trade the pandemic situation for running another one of these though. Cause that was its own little. I'd, ra I'd rather run a contest than, than yeah. deal with the crap that came with COVID. Seriously, that was, that was the worst nightmare ever. That really sucked. I don't think people will. I don't think people will ever know how much that sucked. Having to make the decision to cancel those contests, having to deal with the political bullcrap that came with masks and three feet distancing and bell covers and all the crap that came with that. It was a nightmare. The conversations about that were mind-numbing. I'd rather rewrite the rule book ten times than, and that's a nightmare than to deal with COVID ever again. You know, it's just, it was awful. But at the end, of, but at the end of the contest weekend, you know, I think there were more happy people this year than last year because mm -hmm. I think things were uh, went pretty smoothly. So, you know, and, and, I'll tell you what. I mean, one one adjustment um, that was made for this year versus last year is um, that we really appreciated being in the second section is the the two days across the board, and also having the opportunity to play in the big room. Yeah, it, it made it made it feel up. less clinical because I, I mean, I, the black box doesn't sound bad or anything like that, but it does feel like you're like walking in for adjudication, whereas the the performing hall feels like you're going in to play a concert and. Yeah. Um, it's it's a significantly yeah the concert hall is significantly better than the playhouse and the splitting them up did mean that the second set we got nine more bands that got an experience to play in that hall mm -hmm. yeah that that was a that that was a, a logistical you know positive byproduct of that you know but they have like fifteen people who have never played in a hall that size before yeah and like that's the biggest stage they will ever step foot on. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And it sounded great. It's like like you're, you're standing in front of a band and you're like, wow, it's loud. I mean, everybody knows that that hall is loud. They sit in the audience and they know that it gets loud, but it's really good at handling the softs as well. You know, it's like you feel like, like sometimes when you play in a hall that's loud, everything is loud. But this one, you know, when you play like that, the, that beginning of the chorale at Jay and, and You're the Dragon, it was soft. You could hear that it was soft. Mm -hmm. So the hall is sensitive to all of the dynamics, even though that it does get blisteringly loud with tam tams <laughs> going crazy. 
<laughs> for me, it's just exciting. I loved it. You know, my watch, my Apple Watch was going warning your, your exposure. Yeah. It was. It was so much fun, like heading into the the final stretch of Year of the Dragon. I the the whole stage is going. <laughs> everyone's doing all the <laughs> and just it just like the whole stage is like vibrating under our feet. It was it was a really cool moment. Yeah. All right. So our poll question for this. Oh. For this week. Right. How many bands are going to show up next year to NABA as a choice piece playing Year of the Dragon? Ooh. Let's say and two the, across the person, two the person, the person who gets it correctly gets a free brass, New World Brass Cast t-shirt. That <laughs> <laughs> we will make up specifically. That we will make. I, was I don't think, I think people are going to show up to it in different sections too. I don't think anybody's going to do it. I don't think so either. I think it's going to be zero. I think I think next year's going to be zero, and then and then the number will just slowly. Will there's always one. There's always right, two. right. Yeah, last year was the first year that I can ever remember that there wasn't one, which which opened the door for this because we didn't have we had two years with the pandemic, and last year no one mm -hmm. did it, so you had a, a four year gap, you know, before it was played. So it's like, all right, if we don't do it, we'll never, we'll never get to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was that was a, a a super cool thing I thought for this contest. Of course, you know, um, I always call it "Remember the Titans." I don't know why, but Titans Progress. <laughs> Remember the Titans. I think they really should rename it. Um, but one of the things I found out that I didn't really know because I wasn't playing that piece and I didn't have the score, but the the band, the Leland band did the premiere of that. Um, and Howard Evans was the conductor and he was the judge. He was one of the judges. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. So, you know, he knew that piece as well as anybody. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. That was pretty cool. But next year, the Oliver Westby Other Lives is a superb piece. It's new. No one's ever done it in the United States or Canada. So it's going to be something that's going to be really exciting. I think they're using, are they using it for the, um, some, I think people are, you've been using it as choice pieces, but it hasn't been done as a test piece yet, I think. Um, I think I did do that research. But it's, does, does he remember that research though? That's the question. No, not at all. Oh my God. What? Doing the, doing the, all right, y'all, I just came off of like finishing my, my DMA stuff. And I, I bought the score for Titans. It's nasty. I, I did I did so much score study. I did so much research. I did so much looking at all the bands and stuff in like February. As soon as the first interview started on Friday night, gone. <laughs> like none of that information existed anymore in my brain. So I'm like looking at it. I'm like re-researching while they're playing. I'm like, oh, I'm just trying. Meanwhile, like Jen Oliverio's like back, like backstage because she has to play a solo off stage. So she's like walking backstage, setting stuff up, accosting you know, me. You're Googling uh Titan Progress. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like looking up all the things I already looked up. I'm like, oh, what about this? What's this piece about again? Like <laughs> um but it was just like gone. Absolutely. It's great. Like 
it was, but uh, God, I had such a fun time doing it. I hope I'm not fired from doing that. That was a fun time. Uh, yeah. Now, I, I thought, you know, I'm looking forward to, to going through and watching the live stream, you know, for the next couple of months. <laughs> it's probably going to take a couple of months to go through it, but um, eventually um, Patrick's going to be able to cut all of the live stream up and catalog them on the website by, by pieces and bands so that they can get, you know, specific views like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, th there's going to be a lot of content on there for, uh, from Nava bands, which is going to be really kind of cool. And how about looking at, you look at the stand banners that we were supposed to have last year in time, but didn't, they look really good. They're Those really ones. good. They're really good. And the, and the award banners look really good. Yeah, too. the award banners are they were great. Tour banners knocked out of the park with those things. So, um, so let's see here. It has not been used as a contest test piece yet. It has been used as choice piece. Yeah, there are two or three of them. I think I think some people are using it for the Europeans this year. Oh, I mean, there's like there's like twelve using it, um, but yeah, it's all Swiss Championship. It's like it's a lot from like the same two competitions. Yeah, it's a really cool piece. People are going to absolutely go bonkers for this piece. It's won a lot. Um, yeah, because it's of a the, cool piece. Of the twelve times it's won, it's been the number one five times, and it's, it's been number two once. It's 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 pretty cool. I, I also want to say, um, you know, a big kudos. Like I don't know if you guys watch Chicago do the Gabrielli fantasy, which is very quickly becoming one of my faves yeah. as a piece. But Mark Taylor, who you know, I know exactly what he went through this weekend because I went. My experience was very much the same, where you're working, doing all this work, and then you have to shut it all down and say, now I have to go do this. Mm -hmm. That there are. No other bands besides the Chicago Brass Band and the Triangle, Br Triangle Brass Band that had the as unfocused or un you know or or more or or that were more focused on just their band and didn't have many other things to deal with, um, you know. But Mark killed it. That piece is hard. His band played it really well. Um, you know, Mark is a is an incredible person. He's an, he's very funny. He's very smart. Um, he's a great leader for the organization. Um, and he's one of my favorite conductors to watch. Because, I mean, who else is going to do a baton drop? You know, <laughs> with as much style as he does. You know, he's like, he was last, year, last year he did the drop, but this year it was, it was slammed on the stand. But this year it was like full on money drop on the floor. <laughs> it was great. It was you know, funny so him backstage exciting. after he did it. He was like, exciting. I did the cutoff and I'm here. Like, what do I do? <laughs> he's like, where do I go? Where do I go <laughs> so from he here? Just, and he's like, nah. He just let go of the thing. <laughs> awesome. Oh, man. It's a gem. So, well, I guess we, I guess we have enough. I could talk about this probably for another hour. We could do a, a two-parter on this if we had to. Because um, we didn't, we just scratched the surface of probably all the stuff we could probably talk about. Um, but it's good to be, finally get back into to doing the, the podcast. We have to do some more mm -hmm. of these yeah sorry so let let us know uh let us know who we should have on give us some suggestions we'll book them yeah we'll try to sure. we have some ideas but we have to just start doing it now I, I really do promise now that I'm, I'm not spending all of my time planning a contest that we can we can dig into this yes. get do, we, out. do we have a do we have a questionnaire and are we skipping it today because absolutely not uh we know <laughs> 
<laughs> no, we're not skipping it, or no, you don't have one. No, I do not have one. No, <laughs> not in any capacity. So we know it we, is, it's ten forty at night. We record at night like an awful lot because that's the only time the three of us are all free. Well, it's also like, you know, like everybody did. My ba- we went off and did stupid stuff on Saturday, and so I didn't get. We didn't get. I I think I drove back to Tampa on like an hour of sleep, <laughs> and I, I, I had a normal night. I know, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? I haven't done we all do dumb stuff. In 10 years, 15 years. I don't, man, that was And, not like, right before this, I essentially dropped my bag. I dropped my bag coming from, like, I, I came straight from an orchestra rehearsal that I, I conducted an orchestra rehearsal, came straight from there, and then we're here. You don't have a question today, folks. Your question is, Aaron who should we have here? That's your question. Yeah, who should we have? That's your yeah, that's your assignment. question. Yeah. That's your question. And you're going to have to live with it. how many bands are doing Year of the Dragon next year? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, that's a great question. Yeah. We'll come up with a good one for next time. All right. Well, it's good to see you guys. I'm sorry I didn't get to see you so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we, no one saw anybody. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah.